0: As long as it's recording. You know, it's amazing how little people know about the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Especially here in America where anybody and everybody has access to a Bible. This was demonstrated when Jay Leno used to host the Tonight Show. Jay used to do what was called man-on-the-street interviews. Anybody remember that? Man on the street interviews, I loved it. And one night he collared some young people and he asked them some questions about the Bible. The first question was, he asked a college age student and he said, can you name one of the Ten Commandments? And the college student replied, freedom of speech? (laughs) Then Jay said to another, complete this sentence. Let he who is without sin... Well, this student said, have a good time. (laughs) Then Jay turned to a third man and he asked him, who, according to the Bible, was eaten by a whale? And with exuberance, the boy said, Pinocchio. (laughs) Boy, those misunderstandings seem humorous on their surface. But in reality, they're tragic. As you and I continue to equip ourselves for revival... The significance of God's word cannot be overstated. And therefore, today, you and I are going to learn about the importance of God's word in bringing revival both to lost people and to lukewarm Christians. We're going to begin in Romans chapter 10. That's on page 1007 in the Bibles in front of you if you want to use that. Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to begin in verse 8. Paul writes to these Roman Christians who maybe were in need of a little bit of revival themselves. And he writes and says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then? How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now a preacher here is not talking about a person in ministry. It's talking about a messenger. Amen? So that includes all of us here. Right? Uh, How shall they hear without a messenger? And how shall they preach or give the message unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, The Lord who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Friends, in order for faith to come to those who do not yet believe or for revival to come for those who have a lukewarm faith, the first thing that we must recognize is that God's word must be heard. God's word must be heard. That means you got to know it. Amen? If you're going to let somebody else hear it, that means you got to know it. Verse 14 declares, how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? Verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the product, friends. Faith is the result of hearing God speak through this book. Faith is the result of hearing God speak through his word, the Bible. Now, What does the Word of God produce? The Word of God produces faith. Well, in what areas? Well, we know that the Word of God produces faith in the matter of salvation. Paul taught that he didn't come to baptize. He came to preach, to give the message of the good news, and not with clever speeches or high-sounding ideas, even though the message of the cross seems like foolishness to those who are perishing. But we who are being saved recognize this message as the very power of God to save. Friend, we're not to get the word out. We're not to go just handing out Bibles. No, we're not to get the word out. We're to let the word of God out. The word of God that resides in you, let the word of God out. Friend, the eternal lives of people are at stake. Whether or not people are saved may very well depend on whether you let the Word of God out. You get it every Sunday. You have the Word of God implanted in your soul. you got to make sure that you let the Word of God out. That's the way that other people can be saved. But not only is the Word of God produced faith in the matter of salvation... But the Word of God also produces faith in the matter of spiritual growth. There was a great evangelist named D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody said, I have prayed for faith and I thought that faith would somehow come down from heaven like lightning. But faith never seemed to come. Revival never seemed to come into my life. Then one day... D.L. Moody says, I was reading the 10th chapter of Romans that we shared here where it says, now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And he says, here's what you need to know. He says, I had closed my Bible and prayed for faith. Now, he says, I opened my Bible and I study my Bible and now my faith has been growing ever since. If you want your faith to grow, you cannot do it without the written Word of God. So I want to encourage you, not only for you to come to Christ, but also for you to grow in Christ. You need to have this Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says, All Scripture, say all Scripture. All, right. all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. By the very breath of God, literally. And it's profitable. It's profitable. That means it'll do good for doctrine, which is what's right. For reproof, for what's not right. For correction, how to get right. And finally, for instruction, how you can stay right. That the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped, that's what we're trying to do today, equip ourselves for revival, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Would you say that revival would be a pretty good work? Amen. Well, that's what we're doing. It's trying to get equipped for revival, for good works. And if you want that to happen, then you've got to make the word of God a vital part of your life. There was a Puritan preacher by the name of Paul Bunyan who wrote this. And you've heard this before. He said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Amen. So if you're not Christian, if you're not in this book, sin is keeping you from this book. Amen? See, this book, most books are given for your information, but this book, the Holy Bible, is given for your transformation. Not just for head knowledge, but to change your life. Friend, whenever you hear or read the Word of God, you must be constantly saying to yourself, man, this is talking to me. Oh my goodness, this is talking about me. Every time you read it, it's the living word of God, and it should have a living change upon your life. I love uh, Pastor John Stott, a great preacher, and he once said, a man who loves his wife, loves her pictures, loves her letters, why? Because they speak to him about her. Amen? Well, since I'm a Christian, then and I love the Lord Jesus, I'm going to love this book. Why? Because this book speaks about Him who I love, my Lord and Savior, Jesus. So God's Word must be heard. you got to know it. But for faith to come or for faith to be increased in this matter of revival, God's Word must also be believed and received. So not only must you know it, but you must also stow it. Stow it in your heart. Amen? A person can read the Bible every single day of his life and still go through life unaffected by these words and unchanged by this power unless unless you're willing to believe it and to receive it as your own. The New Living Translation translate Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 this way. For the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife cutting deep to reveal our innermost thoughts and our innermost desires and exposing us for who we really are. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause we thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you received it not as a word from men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which performs its work in those who believe. Now, who watched the vice presidential debate this week? Anybody? One, two, three, four... Six, gotcha. Seven, amen. Well, you may or may not have heard this, but uh, I got this off the internet. And Kamala Harris uh, stated in that debate that Abraham Lincoln didn't want to send a Supreme Court nominee to the Senate right before an election. He was honest Abe. And he was trying to point out that, that, that Trump and Pence weren't being honest. But Lincoln said no such thing. He sent no nominee to the Senate on October of 1864 because the Senate was out of session until December. He sent a nominee the day after the session began and a man named Salmon P. Chase was confirmed that same day. Now, I brought that to your attention to say something else about Justice Salmon P. Chase. He was a judge for some 50 years, and he once said this. Justice Chase said, there was a time in my life when I doubted that the Bible came from God. And so I resolved as a trial lawyer and a judge that I would try the Bible just like I would try anything else in court. I would take in evidence for the Bible, and I would take in evidence against the Bible. Justice Chase said it was a long and serious profound study but I used the same principles of law, the same principles that I do in the courtroom and he said I have come to a decision. He said the Bible is a supernatural book. The Bible has come from God and furthermore the only hope for human beings is to follow its teachings so what she was trying to do i believe kind of backfired on her amen see the bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge the bible was given to change our lives romans 12 2 tells us do not be conformed to this world rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Friends, the best way to renew your mind, the best way to prove the will of God in your life is by doing what Paul encouraged the Colossian believers to do. Here's what he said. He said, let the word of Christ, here it comes, dwell in you richly. When the word of Christ dwells in you richly, it oozes out of you. Amen. It gets all over everybody in your family. When, it, when you dwell in the word of Christ richly, it just gets all over everybody who you know. Dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another. In other words, if you learn and remember what Jesus taught, then you let... His words enrich your life. You're not only going to have a great life, you're not only going to have a great marriage, you're not only going to have a strong family, your church is not only going to be strong in your community, in your nation, but you're going to be wise and able to teach other people what Christ has taught you. God's word must be heard. You've got to know it. But God's word must be believed and received. You need to stow it. Stow it in your heart. But friends, for faith to come to an unbeliever or for faith to come or revival to come to the lifelong Christian, God's Word must also be shared. When it comes to the Word of God, not only must the Christian know it, not only must she show it, but she must also sow it. Amen? Verse 14 says, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him and who they've not heard? And how should they hear without a messenger, a messenger to tell them? I read about one pastor who late one night got this call to go to the hospital. And so he got to the hospital and he was walking down this semi-dark aisle. And out of this one room stormed this guy, scared him half to death. And this total stranger ran up to the pastor with complete joy and he said, she is going to make it. She's getting better. She's going to make it. And then he just ran down the hall. The pastor couldn't figure it out what was going on. The preacher didn't know that man, nor has he seen that man's sins. The pastor didn't know who the man was talking about, but apparently... Apparently, somebody very near and dear to him had just received some good news. What's your point, Bill? My point is, is that man couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to share the good news. He didn't even have to know who it was he was sharing it with. He just allowed it to flow out of him. Why? Because he received good news. Can I tell you this morning, that good news is meant to be shared. If you've received it, you ought to share it. You know, during this unprecedented time of social distancing, we got to get creative on how we're going to share the Word of God. And I believe that, with all my heart, I believe that one of the tools that God has given us is social media. For all the evils and all the bad that social media has, one of the good things is that we can use social media to share the Word of God. The good news of Jesus should be shared. It should be sowed. Just throwing seed out there everywhere. And you can do it. You can do it using your three-minute redemption story. Now, I've been harping on this for, I know, four months. Amen? No, it's been more like six months. Amen? Anyway, I hope you're getting my drift. This is, you know, we can't, we can't be knocking on people's doors right now. You know, we can't be getting up in their face and sharing, sharing the good news and sharing the Word of God. But you can sure do this. Amen? And it'll go to hundreds more than you ever could have knocking on doors. So, with that being said, I want to share with you some of the redemption stories that your friends here at Bethel have shared. Amen? Go ahead, babe. Nope, back it up one. Just One click. Now go, one click. There, you're getting it, getting it two clicks. Back, 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 there we go. And one little, there we go. Hi, I'm
1: Kathy Cates and I'll be giving my conversion testimony today. As a young child, I attended this church with my family. I was taught by my parents to be good and I tried to be, but when I got to be 12, I learned that trying to be good wasn't gonna get me into heaven. Though The Bible tells us that all is sin and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I believe that Jesus was God's son, that died on the cross for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day. However, the demons believe that and they're not going to heaven. I strongly begin to feel God's Holy Spirit each Sunday calling me to confess my sins and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and commit my life to live for Him. Uh, Pastor McDougall always said, if you'll take the first step, He'll be with you the rest of the way. So I stepped out on faith uh, one Sunday, and that heavy, load of guilt was lifted off my heart and mind, I now had the assurance of a heavenly home when I left this earth. I was baptized a short time later, uh, since our church didn't have a baptistry at that time. As I grew older, I wasn't always obedient to God's leading, and a close relationship can't be one-sided. There's not a day that goes by when I don't fall short of serving Him like I should, but His mercies are new every day. And through the years, I've grown to love Him more than I I ever have through prayer, Bible study, ministry, worship. Just knowing Jesus gives me purpose and peace. He has promises as well. And it's been so joyful to see His hand move in my life, and the lives of people around me by the prayers and blessings that he has answered. And I don't want to forget any of those. We all have sadness and problems in our lives because we live in a fallen world, but with Jesus Christ by our side, we have someone that loves us no matter what. We can tell him all of our cares, lean on him for strength. I want you to know you are loved by our Lord and the greatest decision you'll ever make is to believe on and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and then live for Him. Amen.
2: Hey guys, Kevo here. Uh, just wanted to holler at you for a minute, give you a, a shout out. Uh, what we're doing at our church, we've been telling us with a redemption story. And we've all got one and... Uh, I just want to take opportunity to share mine in hopes that it's going to help somebody. So, uh, so here goes. Uh, I was raised up single parent, uh, raised up with my grandparents, and uh, we went to church a little bit, but not often. Uh, every other Sunday, something like that. I mean, I knew who God was, but as far as a relationship, I've never had one, or you know, I've never really understood what it meant to have a relationship. So uh, I pretty much raised up. I, it was late in life for me uh, to receive the Lord as my Savior. Uh, I was uh, uh, 27 years old uh, when, uh, when I received the Lord. Uh, well, uh, everything was going great. I mean, I was uh, married. We had a child, had a house, job, you know, paying the bills. We were good. Life was good. But there was something missing. I mean, I I didn't, I couldn't figure out what it was. I mean, it it would be, uh, it seemed like there was something inside me telling me, it can be better, it can be better. And I'm like, better, what do you mean better? I mean, I've got it made, you know, got my family, job, you know, life's good. So as it went, I mean, the calling came on me and, and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I'd go home, I'd tell my wife, Jen, I was like, something's going on, something's not right. You know, and then uh, with our daughter being born uh, with complications, stuff like that, I, I it started to hit on me then. It's like, okay, what kind of a daddy am I going to be? What kind yeah. of husband am I going to be? And it can be better. So I was fishing one day, and uh, just anybody that knows me, we love to fish, and uh, I couldn't fish that day. I couldn't fish for nothing. I was hanging up. I was miserable. I was miserable. And Jennifer, I come on.
0: Back it up one step. Back it up. Here we go. Oh, back up. Back up too. Sorry, y'all. Okay. Back up. one. Back up twice. Sorry, y'all. Now, one and two. Oh.
3: I'm sorry,
0: I'm doing it too
1: fast. You want me to do
0: it? You. Touchy. Hi, I'm Ken. Well, I touched, the, I touched the space bar.
1: Hi, I'm Kathy Cates and I'll be giving my conversion testimony today.
0: Here K. Let's see. Hey, hey Kelly.
2: Okay, right there. And you always learn more and more every day. So never give up. And uh, that's key to it, to get a relationship to figure out where it's at. So thank y'all, and I I'll hope it'll you.
0: Amen.
3: Good afternoon. My name's Joan Rainbolt, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about my redemption story. Uh, I was baptized and saved on February 8, 1959. Uh, my mother was a godly woman who made sure we were in church. We were drugged to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we knew we were going to church. No questions. And I thank God for my mother, that she loved her children and she took care of us. In 1971, I got married. Uh, he didn't go to church, so I didn't go for over a year. My son was over a year old when we started. I started going to Minor Hill Baptist Church, and and. Uh, got closer to God. I hadn't been living like I should have. I hadn't been putting him first in my life. And after I started going back to church, it made a big difference in my life. Although my marriage ended badly, I was blessed with two beautiful boys, three grandchildren, three great-grandchildren out of that. And and I thank God for them. They are a blessing to my life. Uh, you know, I went through that marriage saying, I'll never do this again, but God has a good sense of humor. Uh, three months after the divorce was final, I was married again hmm. to a man that uh, God sent directly into my life. Uh, he blessed me so much through John. He, was, he showed me what marriage truly was and how it should be. And we had a, had a good life, had a good time. And it just, we were one in the Lord. I just want to want to tell you that things are going to happen in your life that are bad. But hang in there. Good things are coming. If you fall down, Jesus is going to pick you up. Mm. He's going to take care of you. And he's going to love you. There's a verse that has been really strong to me through the death of John it says be strong and of good courage do not fear nor be afraid of them for the lord your god he is the one who gave you who goes with you he will not leave you nor forsake you it's Deuteronomy 31:6 and he won't forsake you John wrote a poem for me and I'd like to share that with you It says I said I didn't need anybody I would get myself through I'd given up on love, said I was through. God came to me and said that I knew, that he knew. He knew what I needed, and it was you. He said I needed someone whose love would always be true, someone to love and share together, someone to laugh and be together, someone to make each other better, and it was you. Focus on God, people. Believe in Jesus. Jesus. He'll
0: help you through anything you've got going on. Amen. Hello, okay, when Jones said, okay, people. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. One thing that all three of those redemption stories had in common is that the word of God was central in all of those redemption stories. Not only how they came to Christ, but also what happened after they came to Christ. So finally today, for for faith to come to an unbeliever or for revival to come to a lukewarm Christian, the last thing that we got to realize is that God's Word must be lived. When it comes to the Word of God, not only must we know it, not only must we stow it, not only must we sow it, but we must also show it, show it in the way we live. The greatest value in the Bible is the the not-in-the-knowing the greatest value is in the obeying. Knowing the Bible is of very little benefit unless you practice it. Unless you practice it. James said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Jesus was clear too. He said in John fourteen twenty three, as he was speaking to a disciple, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He will keep my word and my Father will love Him and we will come to Him and we will make our home with Him. You see, being spiritually mature has very little to do with education. Spiritual maturity has all to do with obeying the known will of God found in His Word. So the best thing that you can do with the Word of God is to know it in your head, to stow it in your heart, to sow it to the world, but also show it in your life. The Bible said, How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear it without a messenger who will speak it and flesh it out before me? How? Only through the Word. You know, here at Bethel Baptist Church, I believe that we strive, that we strive to fulfill God's will that we find in these verses in Romans chapter 10. I believe that we want people to hear that eternal life is offered through Jesus Christ through His sacrifice on Calvary's cross for their sins. We want that for people. Can I get an amen? We want that for people. But just as God's Word shares the truth of salvation with an unbeliever, God's Word can also bring revival to the lukewarm Christian. Friend, if you desire revival in your life, if you desire revival in your marriage, in your family, in our church, in our community, in our nation... Why don't you start? Why don't you start by daily spending time knowing the Word of God in your head? Why don't you spend daily time stowing God's word in your heart? Why don't you spend time daily sowing God's word into the lives of others? And since you can't go knocking on doors, so you can't, since you can't be getting in people's grill about this, maybe you need to do it with your redemption story through social media. It's a tool that I believe God has given us. And finally, why don't you spend time daily showing how God expects His people called by His name to live life in such an evil and corrupt generation. Friends, during this decision time today, my prayer for you is that you would be willing either to accept the Word of God that can save your soul or that you would commit to spending time daily knowing, stowing, sowing, and showing the Word of God in your life. Either way, revival depends on it. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for your incredible word. We are so privileged to have multiple copies in our homes. We're so grateful to belong to a a church family that wants to teach your word, to, to preach your word, and to share your word like Bethel Baptist Church does. Father, we only pray that you would bring revival as we continue to know the Word in our heart, in our head, to stow the Word in our heart, to sow the Word in our world, and to show the Word in our lives. Father, people are in desperate need of Your Word, of Your truth. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that if there's a decision that needs to be made today, either to accept Your Word, that will save their soul, or commit to reading Your Word, so that their life can be changed and revival can come, Lord, I pray that today would be their day. Lord, watch over them, guide them, protect them and help them as we make decisions for you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen.